Welcome to Courage on the Pitch. North Carolina champions again! Here's Megan O'Keefe. All right, welcome back to another episode of Courage on the Pitch presented by Wake Orthopedics Urgent Care. Um, Holy cow, we have an incredible episode for you. Um, Brianna Pinto is on the show this week. And for anyone who tuned into the game or was at our very first home game of the Challenge Cup, Brianna had an insane game as well as the whole team. But Brianna scored uh, her first Courage goal, her first professional goal. And this is a player who has come up through the ranks and played youth with the NCFC youth program played for the Tar Heels and has just had a remarkable career and it was just a movie moment for her to score uh, on Saturday night so we talk all about that game and uh, but before we get into our conversation we will do a quick recap as well Um, some more details about this exciting match on last Saturday the Courage faced off against Gotham uh, from New Jersey New York Gotham FC and we won 2-0, obviously big goal by Brianna, as well as our center back captain, Abby Urseg, put a goal away. So massive game. Um, Casey Murphy, normally our starting goalkeeper, was injured. So got to give a big shout out to Caitlin Rowland, starting in goal, had an incredible match as well, keeping the shout out for the courage. And so all around awesome night. Uh, We dive into it with Brianna, who is our guest today. So let's get right into our conversation with Pinto right after this quick break. Courage on the pitch. Off the field. We are rolling. We got Brianna Pinto on the show. We're so excited to have you. Um, obviously, you're coming off a pretty massive weekend. Uh, let's talk about the game. Okay, so it's your Courage debut. You know, you're playing against your old team and you scored. So, have you come off the high of this weekend's game yet? Um, yes, I would say I have um, because we've got another game next week and we've got to get focused for that. Um, but I think it was just such a great weekend. Um, I, it was something I've dreamt of, like have scored my first professional goal. Uh, this also was my first start, so uh, it was very meaningful. Yeah. Um, and then to play against my former team, um, I wanted to show that I had something to prove. And uh, thanks to the collective effort of the entire NT Courage team, I think we came out with a bang. And it was really impressive to start the season off that way. And we just want to continue building from there. Yeah, you guys really looked so good. I mean, I'm sure there were a lot of nerves and, you know, with it being the first game and, you know, the roster just looking so different. But I did, I was curious, like, was there some extra motivation for you because you were playing against a team that you played for? Absolutely, absolutely. I wanted to make sure that I found a way to score. Um, Again, like, I want to be a difference maker on this field. And I'm lucky to play around so many people on this team who can – make stuff stuff happen in any given moment. And uh, I think we capitalized on a great service from Carson Pickett. And uh, I was happy to see Kiwi score as well uh, because winning more than one to zero is always, always great. So um, yeah, I wanted to make it a point, like I'm here to stay. Uh, This is the club that I'm proud to represent. And uh, it was just such a blessing to do the so in front of so many friends and family. I know your whole family was there. I I got to see you guys take a little selfie after the game. I mean, your whole family, like you are in North Carolina, you know, you're a homegrown (laughs) player, played college here. Like, what was it like for, I'm I'm reliving this night for you, like such a big night and for it to be in front of your family. What did that mean for you? Yeah. So um, I think this was a huge point for me because I actually didn't travel when I was with Gotham um, when I was coming back to North Carolina last season. So 
this is my first opportunity to play on this field again. And this field has meant a lot to me because I've won a lot of games uh, with Carolina there. Um, even on the field surrounding the main field, I grew up playing club soccer there. So um, to have all my friends and family there was just a testament to the investment they've made in me and like how hard I've worked to get to this point. Um, and I think it was just a shared win for all of us because without my family and friends, like I would not be here today. So um, I, I just am feeling so, so grateful for just everything that happened to make this moment occur. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking about it for from your perspective like that was you couldn't have written it up any better for it to be your goal <laughs> you know against your old team your family there so that was super special to get to see and um speaking about on the field stuff you know people looking from the outside at the courage roster lots of defenders good amount of midfielders not a lot of strikers and so for the goals to come from you as a midfielder and then our center back What's your message to fans and people that are like, the courage has no offense. Like what is your message to, you know, fans that kind of have that critique that we're sort of lacking on the offensive front. I think Sean said it in a couple of interviews, like North Carolina courage is never to be doubted. Um, we've worked incredibly hard this preseason to make sure that we're prepared uh, mentally, tactically, physically. And I think that showed in the first match. Obviously, as we go throughout the rest of the season, we want to keep continue getting sharper. Um, but for myself, a midfielder, and for Kiwi, a center back to score, it shows that we're dangerous on all fronts. Um, I do think that we have a lot of uh, versatility um, because we've got so many well-rounded players on our team. And it's going to take all of us to win games this season. And I think we're less focused on what the technical terms are for our positioning, but we want to be difference makers all over the field. And I think this was a moment to show that. So um, again, I want to have the goals and assists this season and I want to feed our forwards because somebody I want to shout out was Taylor Smith. I think she played incredible. Uh, just the run she was making and how hard she was working defensively, I think uh, was the difference between winning and losing. And um if we continue to have effort like that across the field, I think we're going to win a lot of games this season. Yeah, it was, it was really cool to see, you know, some of the new faces and, you know, returners like Taylor who didn't necessarily get a lot of minutes last season, but then stepped up huge in this game. So just an all around really awesome night. I'm curious, what was Sean, what was his message after the game? I mean, I'm sure he was a little bit nervous with it being his first, you know, game as a full-time head coach, but what did he say to the team um, after the big win? He just said he was so proud of just the effort um, and Kiwi actually, he gave the floor to Ki Kiwi to speak and um, she just said that this was one of the best performances that she's seen in her time here um, in an opening match. So to hear that was extremely uplifting, but um, Sean is always going to keep us attuned to the details and he wants us to remember that there's more work to be done. So um, we're going to celebrate our success and then we're going to get right back to work this week. So I'm super excited for the week ahead and I'm just grateful that we've got such good leadership that's going to lead us to success this season. Yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, it's a long season ahead, obviously, but what an awesome way to start it out. So speaking about Sean and you, you know, growing up in North Carolina, you played for him as a youth player. So what year did you start with the youth program? I think it was like, 20, I don't want to guess. What was it? Um, so with NCFC Youth? Yeah. So I started there when I was 12 turning 13. Wow. So I, I was coming from boys soccer um, and they had the ECNL program at the time and it was actually Castle. Um, and 
I was playing with the best girls in the area and I wanted to win, win a lot of championships and, and be around players who aspire to reach the collegiate level. Um, and we had so many girls go on from that program to represent so many elite colleges across the country. And I think that's just, I think that's a marker of how well they do at developing our players at NCFC youth. So um, to reach the professional level from the youth level has been cool because even this past week, I got to speak with Haley Stackpole and Sean Nahas and Andy Tate um, about the youth to pro journey and just um, inspire the next generation of kids that they can get here too. Um, I didn't get here without the help of so many other former professionals uh, that have played in the NWSL or even the WPS before. So um, I, I hope that I can offer a hand back and be a sort of, source of inspiration for them so um, if I can show up at any local youth events I'm really excited about doing that because this is my community this is what I call home and I'm just so passionate about being here in North Carolina so um, I think this more specific to Sean um, he's always been detail-oriented um, he holds me and all the other players to a high standard and he knows that we have uh, a high ceiling and he wants to maximize our potential. And Sean himself is trying to be become a better coach. And I think that mutually beneficial relationship in attaining our, our best potential is how we're going to continue to grow. So um, I've loved playing for Sean. He's always been super honest with me, super upfront, and uh, he pushes me and that's all I can ask from a coach. And uh, to be brought back to North Carolina was one of the, most special moments uh, in my professional career, although it's been short. Um, and I told him one of the added benefits is he's helping me graduate from college. So, um, <laughs> because I have to be in person. So luckily I'm living the best, both, best of both worlds uh, because I'm able to train in a world-class environment and then go to school in the afternoons. Yeah, we'll get, we'll get to your school stuff in a bit. But yeah, that is really awesome, especially for you to have had the journey that you have and it kind of come full circle, but obviously hopefully plenty more to come, but you've had the perspective of playing for Sean when he was coaching in the, on the youth side, which is, you know, the majority of his career, but now you're playing for him from the pro side. So can you give us like an inside look at what he was like, you know, a couple like several years ago when you were playing for him as a youth player and had you seen like any changes or differences or is he kind of, you know, stayed the same? What was he like back then? Yeah, I think Sean has grown uh, just in terms of his leadership and making sure that everybody's on the same page for what the vision is. I think when you're coaching young girls, it's different than an approach when you're coaching professionals. Um, and one of the things that I've noticed here is like, he wants to make sure that we know that winning is our job. And um, I think at the youth level, it's more about development. Like how can we become 1% better every day? So um, he was really keen on making sure that we're doing the little things and creating good habits and training. Um, but that's the expectation here. So I think just like how he treats us is he treat, he's treating us like professionals here. And um, I think that's the best way for us to grow as professionals and get to where we want to go. Because at the end of the day, North Carolina Courage is known for winning championships. And that's our, always our goal um, as we continue on this season. Love that. Yeah, I was fortunate enough to get to sit in on that talk you were just mentioning with you and Stackpole and Sean, and it was cool to get to see you speak with some of these youth players. What did it feel like to, you know, be talking to some of these players who you've been in their shoes before? You know, what was your advice to them, um, you know, to hopefully one day get to where you are? Yeah, I just said go into every training session with a growth mindset. You want to make sure that you always uh, have high goals to get to and 
set your aspirations in into things that are even outside what you believe you can do because if you work hard like anything you set your mind to can can be achieved and I think it's really been important to um just be a part of their journey as well because um I think it, representation is important, especially for young athletes. They need to see somebody that's in the position that they want to be in and strive to be there every day. And if they can get tips from players like me and from Haley, um, it makes it more of a reality for them. So um, in addition to telling them, just coming with a growth mindset, um, controlling your work ethic, like how hard are you going to make your next sprint to get back in transition? Um, are you going to come in fit? Are you are you going to work on uh, finishing in your free time? Those are all things that can separate the good from the great. And it's ultimately about what you put into it that you're going to get out of it. So um, I think there's so many valuable lessons to learn from the sport of soccer, because I think even if you decide that you don't want to be a professional soccer player, you'll, you'll learn valuable skills that will uh, help you in your professional life when you go into another profession. So um I'm just telling them to set their goals high, work hard, treat people well, and um, go in with a growth mindset. Some great advice. Yeah, that was awesome. And you're right. Like there's so many lessons that you learn during soccer that you don't even realize it um, once your career might be over and you're in a new uh, you know, chapter of your career that you look back and you're like, oh, wow, I learned all these like life lessons, even though I thought I was just kicking a ball around with the, with the team. So um, it's great that you were able to you know, share that messaging with players who are probably just like so excited to even be on a Zoom with you. <laughs> so uh, that was really cool to see. So as I was, you know, doing some research on your background, which is so extensive, you know, even at the early stage that you are in your career, you've just accomplished so freaking much, which is incredible to see. So not only did you crush it on the UNC stage, you know, you've been playing pro, you also have a ton of youth uh, and full national team experience. Uh, I think it was 2017 when you were called up to the full uh, U.S. Women's National Team roster, and you became the youngest player to play in the She Believes Cup. Is that correct? In the, for the U.S., I was so. on the roster. Yeah. So, right. um, but it was such valuable experience getting to learn from the best players in the world. So, yeah. Yeah. What take us back to when you were rostered for the full team? I know you've been playing with the youth program for several years, but you made it to the full team training with some of, like you said, best players in the world. What was going through your head, you know, going to that first practice for your up against, you know, Alex Morgan, Carly Lloyd, what was that like? Yeah. So I actually got invited to the under 23s and Jill came in at the beginning of the week and she was like, look, you guys are essentially the B team to our senior women's national team. We're going to be evaluating the entire week and uh, we want to bring a couple of you in to be exposed at the highest level. And um, I kept that in the back of my mind. Again, I was young. I went into that camp uh, with a mindset that I just want to get better. Like, I want to have fun while I'm not here. This is just such a wonderful opportunity. So I think I was playing pretty free. And um, I think that's when I'm at my best. Um, so by the end of the week, I ended up getting called up to the senior team. And I actually missed the All-American Banquet. Um, and my dad flew out for it. But I mean, what what's better than getting called up to the senior team for the first time so in the first training session the first thing I noticed was the intensity like I cannot describe to you how intense the U.S. Women's National Team training environment is I think it's more difficult than the game environment and they hold each other to such an elite standard um they're competitive they're tough as nails and 
I realized quickly that that's the level that I needed to get to um, so that I could even match it. Um, and I mean, I like physically, I wasn't anywhere near where they were, but um, I wanted to make sure that I went in there like I deserved an opportunity because uh, I felt like I earned it. And again, I wanted to show what made me special. And uh, I ended up getting called in for the she believe 2017 she believes tournament and I was rostered so um to see the best teams in the world and um, play against well have the team play against them was such a learning experience um because they were going into um world cup in a year and a half and they wanted to make sure that they were firing on all cylinders and evaluating their players to make sure that they can construct the best team to win 2019 which they eventually did um but I'd say that I just learned what it really meant to be the most elite level of professional. Um, and Carly actually was really, really great to me. She went out of her way to um, just get to know me as a person and a young player and hear my aspirations. So um, to, to, to have an experienced veteran, like, reach out in that way and, like, kind of push you along did mean a lot to me. Um, uh, there was obviously the Carolina connection. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Tobin was there and Crystal was there. So getting to meet them on a deeper level was great as well. And um, so many other players that I looked up to, I, I just had such an incredible experience and I saw where I want to ultimately be because at the end of the day, my goal is to be a mainstay on the women's national team. And um, hopefully I can make that happen. Wow. I'm just thinking about, you know, you talking about the intensity of training and I mean, from an outsider's view, you get to see them on social media and all the videos they put out and like their personalities are so fun and goofy. But then you talk about, you know, obviously they're best athletes in the world in terms of soccer and um, just across the board. So what, what was going through your mind when you're in the training and you, it clicked for you, like how intense it was, like, what were some things you were telling yourself, like how to, you know, whether it was fake it till you make it or, or push through, like what were some things that you had going through your mind when you were really pushing yourself to take it to the next level? I'm naturally a, perf- a perfectionist. So I was probably going to go into that environment, like thinking don't make mistakes. But I think Jill did a really good job managing um, me as a young player because she's like, look, mistakes are going to happen. This is the highest level of soccer. Like just play free, do it, do what makes you special. And I think, just hearing that gave me the freedom to like play. Mm-hmm. And I think when you have that as a player, you're equipped for success because you, you're released of the burden that's on your shoulder. Like I have to perform every moment. And when you're in a high stress environment to begin with, and you're stressed about every single touch that you're taking, um, usually it doesn't end up well, yeah. but um, I think because they, Again, they held me to a high standard, but they gave me the freedom to grow. Um, I was able to do well, and I was able to focus on the small details that uh, separate like good a good pass from a great pass. So making sure that I was playing it to the front foot, um, making sure that I was protecting the ball because physically like I was outmatched. Um, so I needed to make sure I stayed in between the ball and the player. Um, also my speed of play, I had to be that much quicker. I just know where I was going with the ball, um, the texture of my passes. I think, um, one of the first things they identified about my game at the time was, uh, the pace of a pass, like at the highest level that you really drill it in and make sure that it gets there. 
um, at the youth level, you could get away with like kind of rolling it in slow. But that was the first piece of information that I learned that I was like, wow, like I can, I can be better at this and I can make a point to work on it in our training environment when we're doing passing drills and stuff like that. So um, that's something that's always stuck with me. Um, I want to make sure that my distribution is good with the right pace and right texture. So um, that's one of the really valuable things that I learned in that time that has served me even today. Yeah, you're yeah, you're right. It's like those little things that kind of take it up to the next level. And, you know, I've heard a lot about him because I never went to the pro level. But like you hear about <laughs> when you go to that next level, so much of it is the mental side of it as well. Like, like those details you're talking about, but also the mental side of it, as well as the off the field, you know, treatment and things that you're doing for your body. So I'm sure you're, you're all you're experiencing all of those things now because <laughs> you've been going through it. But um yeah. So I want to transition a little bit to the off the field stuff. Um, like you mentioned, you're, you know, finishing up your degree, uh, back at UNC, uh, and you're obviously able to do that because you're now back in North Carolina and you're studying business administration in Spanish. Is that right? Yes. yes. Any inspiration as to, you know, choosing those, those degrees, what, what was behind that? Um, I knew that business administration would give me an opportunity to take it into really anything. Um, I'm a firm believer in just like having multiple avenues of success. So like in the event that soccer weren't to work out, I want to have a lifestyle that I'm equally as passionate about. Um, and I kind of found my passion in 2018 when I went to Moscow, Russia with the United Bid Committee. Um, I was selected as the U.S. Youth Representative to speak on behalf of the United States um, when we made the joint bid for the United States, Canada, and Mexico for the 2026 FIFA World Cup. Um, and I got to speak in front of FIFA. Um, it was the 68th FIFA Congress. And being in that room was just so cool. And to play a part, a small part in bringing the World Cup back to North America was something that I'll remember for the rest of my life. Um, I got to share the stage with players like Alfonso Davies of Bayern and, um, and Diego Linus of Betis. And um, I, from that moment on, I knew that like after my playing career is over, um, hopefully I'll have a long career, but I want to work for FIFA um, and I want to make our governing bodies uh, more reflective of the people that actually play soccer across the world. Um, right now, it's not very diverse and there are not many women in the room. And um, to be a minority and then to be a, also a, a black woman, I guess, in uh, the highest level of FIFA, uh, advocating for a men's World Cup made a statement. And um I think that's what my passion is. And I'd love to like maybe have an administrative role in FIFA later on in my life. Okay. Wow. There's so much to unpack there. That is so cool. First of all, that <laughs> you were the spokesperson, you know, got to go to Russia and like you said, like speak off on behalf for the men's game coming from the perspective that you have, that is so cool. Just showing the unity behind, you know, the game of soccer and how, you know, it unifies people across the world. Uh, despite background so how that's so powerful that is really cool um you had that experience how old were you when you did that I was 18 yeah wow. so how did you was, prepare for that so actually that was my first time delivering a speech um <laughs> I actually missed my high school graduation for it but it was so worth it, worth it. <laughs> um uh, so we had a speech writer uh they contacted me in like April of 2018 and they were like, hey, like send in a video about what soccer means to you. So I, of course I took it really seriously. And I sent in a video talking about when I played with the under 19s in China and we got to play against Iran. Um, and that was their first international match at the youth level. So uh, just to be on the field with them and just like share their joy and their passion for the game was 
incredibly empowering. Um, and again, that's another moment, like an on the field moment that I'll remember forever. Um, and I just talked about, again, like to your point, how soccer unites people of different backgrounds and gives us a level playing field. And I think that's a really beautiful thing. Um, so I sent that video in, I ended up getting selected. And um, I worked with Obama's former speechwriter, uh, Taryn Sue Platt, and uh, we crafted a speech. <laughs> we crafted a speech over the course of like six weeks. Um, and then I was actually preparing for the under twenty cycle um, with the Youth World Cup with the ninety eight age group, and we had a tournament in France. And um, they're like, "Hey, like, can you leave your tournament in France and come to England to prepare for the event?" And I was like. I was a little nervous about it, to be honest, because I was like, well, you know, like the World Cup's my focus, like I need to play in these games. But I mean, the president of US soccer was calling, so there was nothing they could do. It was above my coaches at this point. So anyways, I got on a plane, went to England. I missed our game versus Haiti, I believe. Do not quote me on that. Um, <laughs> and um, I was the only uh, youth representative in the room because Diego was actually at the same tournament and like ended up not coming. And Alfonso was at some MLS event at the time because he was still with Vancouver and I went up and I was writing my speech and it was in a boardroom full of the most influential people at uh in North American soccer oh, um so I literally went up there and read the speech because like I didn't know how to give a speech yeah and um they're like stop after like three words they're like you sound like you're dead and I was like what does that mean <laughs> so we I kid you not we spent 15 minutes practicing saying good afternoon so uh one of the things i learned from my speech coach was that good afternoon and good afternoon sound very different like oh. so we, i learned how to like project my voice um i learned how to command the room like where you look when you give a speech um i learned the proper pauses to take when uh when you're speaking and there was it was really really intricate um and i actually found another passion for public speaking so um, I felt really prepared. Like at the end of the day, I went on the stage when we got to Moscow like a week later and I delivered the speech. Um, I like to tell people that I was not there mentally. I was just reciting the speech as I had practiced a hundred times before um, because I was so nervous. I was like, please oh, yeah. do not mess this up. We need the world cup. <laughs> but um, again, like I look back and it was just one of the coolest experiences. And uh, the last thing I'll add, I know this has been long, but um I asked the uh, president of the Mexican Federation if we won. I really wanted to go to the training environment of Mexico ahead of their game versus Germany. Um, so he made me that promise. And when we won, I got to meet uh, Chicharito and um, Dos Santos. Uh, that was such a cool experience. And uh, Mexico ended up winning. So to see the behind the scenes of that was super special. Oh my. I think it was the best week of my life. <laughs> also, um, before that, we went back to France and we won the tournament. So it was actually like the best week of my life with the U20s. Oh, but this whole time my mouth has been wide open. Like, <laughs> just dropping all these incredible things. Like, oh, yeah, I was just coached by Obama's speechwriter. Like, what? <laughs> it was great. That is so cool. Holy cow. Okay. Um, we need to do a whole other podcast episode just breaking down that week because that was amazing. Um, wow. What a cool experience. Thank you for sharing that. That is amazing um before we get to our fun little game at the end I do want again this is another topic I feel like we could have a whole episode about but I do want to touch on your work with the black women's player collective the BWPC 
Um, so tell us a little bit about what that is first for anyone listening that isn't aware of, of this. Yeah, so the Black Women's Player Collective is an organization that seeks to give opportunity to Black women in our league and make sure that they're supported. Um, but we also give back to the communities. And one of the ways we do that is through the U.S. Soccer Foundation mini pitches. Um, so I'm really excited because we're getting one in Durham uh, that was re- released a couple of weeks ago. And um, it'll actually be in my school district. So um, a couple of the DPC member BPC members and the BWPC members from uh, the NWSL and the MLS will be at that event and we'll get to hopefully run a clinic uh, with local kids from Durham and um, we're essentially making it a point that there's representation at the highest level of black players who have come from communities just like them and uh, we want to help give resources and remove structural and financial barriers to entry in this game because Um, As we know, the pay-to-play model in U.S. soccer, uh, U.S. youth soccer is uh, really detrimental for a lot of people because it's expensive to play soccer. Um, So, uh, again, like the BWPC has been so, so great. Um, I was fortunate to play with so many members uh, at Gotham who are – um, have really important roles in the BWPC. Um, So specifically, Amani, Midge, and EP um, have kind of – brought it up to what it is today. And I think they've just done a great job uh, making sure that we have the resources and support that we need to make the best impact that we can. So also another shout out is to Adidas because they're sponsoring a lot of our events as well. And um, it's just nice to know that uh, we can leave this game better than we found it. So, yeah, it's really special what you're doing. And I'm curious, you know, if you look back and think about, you know, younger Brianna, 10 year old Brianna. And if something like this were in place, you know, what would she, how would she feel or what would she think about, you know, something like this? Uh, I think I always want to extend uh, like gratuity and just how, how much this game has given me. I want to extend that to other people. And um, I, again, I feel like I could not have had a fraction of the opportunities that I've gotten in my lifetime if it weren't for other people or other organizations. So even if I can spend like a small part of my time giving back and uh, making this game more accessible for more people, I feel like I'll play a role in leaving this game better than I found it because um, I think we're coming into a wonderful era of American soccer, um, specifically with the World Cup coming. And um, with the NWSL going into its 10th year, um, I think if we really draw the next generation of the youth into this game, uh, we're going to have such an incredible foundation um, for years to come. So uh, that's what I I love about uh, the reach that soccer has, because, again, it brings people together. And I've made such a wonderful collection of relationships that I'll cherish forever. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. Uh, if people want to support the BWPC, where can they go? What can they do? Where can they find more information? Yeah, the BWPC is on Instagram and Twitter. Um, there's also a website. Um, so if you literally search BWPC, it'll be the first uh, the first um, search and on every single social media platform. Um, yeah, so just continue to support us, get involved, donate if you can. And um, I think that's just the best way to continue to support our initiatives. 
Yeah, I love it. All right. So I know you got class to get to, so I don't want to take up too much more time, but we got a fun little game. We're just going to do a little rapid fire real quick to learn a little bit more about Brianna off the field. I guess there's some soccer related stuff, but we'll do this real quick uh, before we wrap it up. So are you ready? I'm just going to yes. shoot out some questions and then whatever first comes to mind, it's going to fire off your answer. So okay. um, we'll start out soccer related. Uh, your soccer idol growing up? Andres Iniesta. This is 180. What's your most used emoji? Uh, the laughing face. Like the crying one or no tears? The, uh, the tears. <laughs> um, okay. Instagram or TikTok? TikTok, actually. Nice. I would probably say this in. Um, if you won the, the lottery, what's the first thing you would do? Invest money. Okay, so responsible. <laughs> um, okay, well, Adidas shout out because I know you're an Adidas athlete. What's been your favorite Adidas cleat? Can you name it? Um, that's my favorite. I've tried every single one of them, and I like everything about all of them. Good answer. Um, but I, I definitely say the Predators. Um, they're what I'm wearing now. Uh, they're super comfortable. I've got a lot of room for my toes. That's very important to me. So, yeah. Good answer. Yeah, no, those are sick. It's like the ones with like the rubber on the outside. Yeah, those yes. are cool. Um, all right, here we go. Desert Island meal. Like the only meal you can eat if you're a stranded. Oh, uh, sausage and egg biscuit. Ooh, that sounds delicious. Uh, karaoke song. I want to dance with somebody. Mm, it's a crowd pleaser. Um, are you binging any shows right now? Current binge. I am not, I haven't had time to watch TV, but um, I watched Succession on HBO, um, Money Heist, and Ozarks. I just, Ozarks? Insane. I just finished the most recent one. Wow. Um, but yeah, I, I believe you when you say you don't have much time to do TV. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, three more. A sport you were playing if you weren't playing soccer? Tennis. Okay. Uh, your go-to coffee order? or if you uh, Ice caramel macchiato. Ooh, sounds delicious. And lastly, um, just whatever comes to your brain, the most memorable moment of your soccer career on the field, playing career. Um, wow. I think this weekend was close, but I would, I think care my first game as a Tar Heel, um, it was Anson's a thousandth win. Um, I scored my first goal in my first appearance. Um, and it was a lifelong dream to attend Carolina. So I'd say that one, this was a close second. There we go. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I feel like we covered a ton, but I know you got class. So appreciate you joining the show and um, get on over to school. Don't be late for class. <laughs> thank you for having me. Coming up on Courage on the Pitch. All right. Thanks, Brianna, for joining us on the show. Wow. We talked about a lot. That was incredible. Brianna's just accomplished so much, and I'm sure she has so much more to come in her career. So thanks, Brianna, for joining us. And coming up this weekend, the Courage are at home again. They take on Orlando Pride on Saturday, March 26th at 7 p.m. The game will be streaming live on Paramount+, Plus. but be sure to get your tickets and be there because the Courage will not be at home again until April 23rd. So be sure to come on over and check out the match live at home. And uh, as you all know, you can follow the podcast uh, wherever you get your podcasts, listen on Apple, Spotify, all those things. And you can also watch on 99.9 The Fans YouTube channel or 
on WRAL Sports Plus on Thursdays at 9 p.m. So thanks, guys, for tuning in, and we will see you next time. Courage on the Pitch with Megan O'Keefe is part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network with new shows available every Thursday on WRALsportsfan.com or wherever you get your podcasts.